Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Gabby Reese Show. It's all an experiment. Hi, everyone. My guest today is Dr. Josh Axe. He's written such books as Ancient Remedies, Keto Diet. He's also the co-founder of a brand that I have a lot of respect for called Ancient Nutrition. You're probably familiar with that. And I've had Dr. Axe on the show. We talked a lot about gut health. Well, this time, the interview was a little more personal. It was, it was also sort of diving into his actual practice. There's something to be said for people who have all this information and they can sort of tell you what to do. But I always find a different kind of inspiration when you hear how they're dealing with it. And even things like fermented foods. We all know we need more of it into our diets. And I learned something today that I didn't know about, well, actually, when should you be eating fermented foods? And the Chinese have a really clear practice on, you know, when is it good to have spicy and, or when is it good to have, you know, more sort of mild or cinnamon or fermented foods. And and it's really different in specific times of the year. And so Dr. Axe gives us a ton of usable information, but he also shares what he does in his day-to-day life and, and even dealing with stress or, or family or things that we're all navigating. So I hope you enjoy. Dr. Axe, I want to start there. Thank you for coming back on my show. It's I'm, it's like I always feel so honored to talk to you, and I just appreciate the work that you're doing. And I will direct to people to our first podcast that really what I appreciated is just you find a lot of people who get into the to the field of healing from something maybe really personal. And so your mom was a big impetus for you to see if you could help people. And so I I really appreciate that. But I want to I want to get into some things with you today. But actually, I want to start with you because it's I always am fascinated by the people who are the resources for others to figure some things out. And then it's like, who are, who are you leaning on and what are your practices? And so we were just sort of talking about, you know, your daughter and your dad and a husband and you work a ton. Maybe we could just talk a little bit about how you navigate it, because I think sometimes it's in different ways, almost harder when you have a lot of information. <laughs> Because you think yeah. I must be doing it because I think about it all day long <laughs> and I help other people. <laughs> but yeah. What about your own? Let's start with you, the, the human being, like your personal care. How did you shift that? Um, because, you, you know, it's like fitting it in. What were your what was your way of figuring out the way to try to fit moving around, getting time to move in your own practice? Yeah. So, I, you know, I think for myself, one, I, I think it, it does all start with priorities. I think one of the things and you know this very well, like I could work 100 hours a week. I mean, it's like no matter, especially when you're an entrepreneur and it's just like you can do more and more and more. But I think the things we find and research shows this too, is that if you're working over 50 hours a week, like you're not being more productive. 
you're not. And so I think just knowing like, and also knowing my purpose in life. And so I, some of the stuff might get a little deeper, but for me, like I really believe my purpose is to love God, love people and make earth like a heavenly place, right? Like, so I'm like really aware that that's what I'm called to do. So with that being like, I spend my mornings, especially I spend time with God. I spend in prayer, meditation, reading my Bible, going deep on things like leadership, spiritual growth. So I do that. Do you get up earlier to make that window? Like has that time actually gotten earlier because of your daughter? You know, my daughter gets up now at like 7.30. So she doesn't, so it's not, it's not too late. Now, now I'll say if she starts getting up at seven or earlier, I might get up a little earlier. But right now, I mean, just for me, it's 6.30 to 7.30 um, is sort of that time. And I'll have a smoothie, I'll have my matcha green tea and I'll do, I'll read and pray and, and do that. And then, um, and then I'll spend a little time with her and Chelsea for maybe 30 minutes. And then I'll go and I'll, I'll go get a workout in. Uh, for about an hour. And then I'll jump into my, you know, jump into my work day there at nine, typically. So that's sort of what it looks like for me. But I just, you know, I, I, um, yeah, I, I try and do first things first, right? These big priorities. And so for me, it's spending time with God, it's family, and it's taking care of my physical health. For me, it's never been that much of a, a challenge because I don't know, it hasn't been that big of a challenge. I just, for, I've just, well, also, I've been, I think because you live a, a sort of one one would call a disciplined life, you're not foregoing partying and drinking and going out and doing all of that. You're probably getting to bed pretty early. If like you're probably doing family and then maybe finishing up, buttoning up some work stuff and then getting to bed. Now, let me, sometimes I think about this with like meditation or breathing in the morning. Is it something you look forward to or is it something that you know like, uh, I need to do this because I know in the long run, this is good for me. Because like, sometimes I have these practices myself where I don't always necessarily feel, you know, like doing it, but I just know that it's the be- it is the better practice in the long run. I would say, I want to share, it's it's definitely a combination, but on the first end, like, let me give an example. There are some workouts that I just, I kind of look forward to. Like for me, like I, I swam a lot growing up. I like swimming, like doing back for me is so easy because I'm pretty strong there. But like, I do like rehab stuff because I injured my back years ago doing CrossFit, a disc in my back. And it is this stuff. I know I'm better in the long-term doing it, but it's boring. I'm not getting like bigger muscles or better lung, you know, capacity doing it. But I'm like, okay, like I want to take care... And I hate, I do not like doing it, but I do it anyways because I'm just so reflective on it. I want to be 80 and, you know, maybe surfing or paddle boarding and running and cycling. And like, I want to be doing those things. So it just really depends on the day. I try and do both. I try and get fun workouts in. And I'm like, oh, this is easy. You know, like, hey, doing a Peloton. Like, I love that. Just jumping on my Peloton for doing a 20 minute quick, you know. So like that, I love doing that. There are other things I don't love doing. So so I do think it really depends. But I, the other thing is, I mean, getting to bed, I've noticed this. This is so huge for so many people. The time you go to bed, the discipline at night of when you go to bed affects your morning so much. And so if you can go to bed at 9.30 or 10 or what, hey, whatever it is, let's say it's 10 p.m. and you're in bed then, and then you got to get up at six, that's not so bad, right? But if you're going to bed at 11.30 and then it's like, oh, I'm trying to get up at 5.30 and work out, a month from now, you won't be doing it. Your body, it just, it's not enough sleep. This is crazy. There was a study, I, I read this recently. The average person used to get close to 10 hours of sleep a night because before we had light, you know, or right before we had light bulbs and everything else. It's just because, hey, if you just have a candle going and you're waking up with the sun and there's no alarm. So we actually, most people need even more sleep than they probably think they do. That's a side note, but it just... Yeah, no, it's... Yeah. Well, and plus, you know, we joke like any, <clears throat> anytime we lose uh, power, um, we actually didn't have power on Thanksgiving here in... <laughs> Because we had a big fire about three years ago, and they said it was from the power company. So when the when the when the winds picked up, we went blew eighty eight miles an hour at my house. The power company just was like, "Yeah, forget it. Shut the power off for like thirty eight hours," and that was during Thanksgiving. But you also realize, unless you're going to read to artificial light, it's like there's really nothing to do. Or maybe if you sneak away with your partner, but pretty much it's like, okay, one more board game, let's go to bed. You know, <laughs> now we have all this artificial stimuli. What, when you have people and you're trying to put help them sort of organize this strategy in their own life, what what types of things do you share with them about either making different food choices or figuring out a way to incorporate? Because a lot of people don't even have a regular practice of movement in their life. And I feel like the older they get, it becomes daunting or they don't know how to do it. 
you know, what do you sort of, if there's any level of handholding going on, do you sort of help create a blueprint for them so that they can start to manage it themselves? Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. So I, I, I think I think planning out, so, so here's how I think about this. So if I'm working with somebody who, I mean, let me use my mom, for example. My mom is 68 years old and doesn't really like work, okay? Um, now she will work out, but she doesn't like, it's not like, now my dad, on the other hand, like loves working out, he water skis, he loves lifting weight, like it's different. But with my mom, I try and tell my mom, I say, okay, what do you like to do? Well, she loves to walk, okay? So I'll say, okay, perfect. So she now walks, you know, 30 minutes a day and she has, she either walks with my dad or she has a friend that she goes on walks with. And she's become so consistent with that now. I say, hey mom, that's like, okay, you do that. You got to do at least that. If you do that, great, fantastic. Can you do this for me? As soon as you walk in the door, just spend five minutes with weights. That's it. You don't have to do 30 minutes or an hour. I just want to help you with your bone density, your strength. Here's all you're going to do. You're going to do these arm curls. You're going to sit down and do this one little arm press here. And you're going to do this one other exercise. And hey, if you do five and all of a sudden you're feeling motivated, then go another five and do 10. If you can do 10, you crush the day. So I think that sort of mentality of... Because you, you've done this too before, Gabby. Like, have you ever... You've been in a workout and when you start, you're like, this is brutal. Like, I do not feel like being here right now. But sometimes you get 30 minutes into a workout and you're like, man, I feel like I could go all day. Like it's momentum, right? If you can use that momentum, you get the blood flow going, you get some of the dopamine, those neuro, you know, those, uh, you know, those, uh, dopamine and everything else just sort of going and, and, uh, the, you know, the runner's high hormone and everything else, like use that to your advantage. So sometimes I have people start with the easy thing and you can even do this with habits. It's like, Hey, if you want to go and run, Step one is get out your running shoes and water bottle and put them on a counter, okay? And have your alarm across the room and your running shorts there, okay? So step one is you got to go turn your alarm off. Step two is I put my running shorts, water bottle, they're already sitting there. And you don't run at first. You just know, okay, at the very least, I'm going to walk one mile. And if you feel like running once you get one mile of walk in, then you run two and then you go home and then you get to celebrate. You actually get a special, you know, reward yourself with maybe a, you know, a healthy, healthier dessert that night. I don't know. But I think kind of trying to be build momentum. That works for me, at least. It works for my mom. It works with some patients I've worked with for sure. And I, and I think people have to realize like, you know, anyone who trains on a regular basis, like right now my shoulder's sore because I overdid something the other day. It's like, you're always going to have a little bit aches and pains, but the, but the other side of this is anyone will tell you you're more sore when you do nothing and your body starts to break down and your back never hurt more and your knees. And so the other thing is, is that getting going in the end, everything does feel better. And I think people don't realize. And and so what about for you transitioning? Because for me, I see that you as a person who, and we're going to get into collagen in the gut, um, but I just find you a good example of somebody who's, you know, really trying to keep things calibrated. I think it's impossible to think things are balanced. I don't know that that exists in life. I don't even know why we started trying to think, oh, we can have it all. And how do you stay balanced? I think that's an unfair setup for all of us. So let's just say that you're you're calibrating things all the time and, and you seem to have a grasp on it. What are, what are the things that See that you're in your day to day being a husband, that any practices or things that you didn't know when you came into the relationship that now you, you realize like, Hey, if I do some of this, or if I handle a conflict like that, it really makes things a lot more fluid and, and it's a way to take some resistance out of our, our life. Yeah. So I would say this again, I, this, this goes back to purpose. I believe I'm called to do three things. Love God, love people, and make the how, how, make earth a heavenly place. And so what does that mean? And by the way, what does love mean for me? Love doesn't mean like um, this lustful, romantic sort of thing. It's this thing of like, no, love is I'm sacrificing maybe even some of the things I want now in order to serve you and make your dreams come true and fulfill your desires. And like, I'm putting you first, like I'm second, okay? So like, I think... If when Chelsea and I are, uh, and, and, and by the way, like I think that, um, I'm not just saying this, like I, I think Chelsea and I have a great marriage. Like I love my wife so much and I have just the best wife in the world. Like she's amazing. And I think when we are both feeling our most fulfilled is when we're both trying to fulfill 
help serve each other in fulfilling that person's dream. So like Chelsea, like just give me an example. Like, um, and some of this stuff I don't really love. Like, like two nights ago, we went and did lights at, there's this place in Nashville called Cheekwood. Our daughter is one and a half. And like, she loves looking at Christmas lights. So like an hour and a half, you know, it was pretty, you know, it was like 20 degrees out. And we like, we went and did this whole Christmas light walk and everything else. And then like, we went and got a Christmas tree together and we went and, you know, got the thing cut down and we decorate. Like my wife loves holidays so much and I'm not saying that I'm not like Mr. Scrooge. Like I like holidays, but she loves them. So for me around the holidays, I'm like, what does Chelsea want to do? Okay. She's going to want to go to the Opryland Hotel in Nashville and walk around and see the lights. She's going to want to get the Christmas tree. She's going to want to do dinner with her family. She loves playing board games. So, so I'm just consciously thinking about what does Chelsea love? How can I set it up to where, man, this is like her, you know, like her week, her month, her day. And I think if spouses do that, and not thinking about, oh, you're not fulfilling my needs. You're not fulfilling my wants. And not to say you shouldn't think about that, but I think the right time to address that is you're serving and serving and serving and loving that person. And then you're on your date night and you say, you know what? I just want to let you know, I want to be continue to be open on our communication. One, I want to let you know, I love you so much. I'm so grateful for how you are constantly doing this, this, and this. I want to let you know, though, like I've had a hard time emotionally lately because I feel like we have had no quality time. Like your parents have been in town and we have all these friends and life is so busy. Can we schedule more time to get, you know what I'm saying? And I just think it's that thing. You're not attacking that person. You're letting them know, hey, I feel like I'm missing this. But I think that it's that, it's the two things. It's I'm serving you. I'm helping fulfill your dreams and open communication. I think those, those really help create a great, a great relationship. Well, and I, I'd like to extend on that because I'm the female in my dynamic. I think that when, and again, there's always uh, exceptions and, and certainly if people are, you know, in different types of relationships, but I find that sometimes women get um, a lot of fulfillment from a lot of different things and friendships and those types of things. And I think sometimes, and again, I'm not oversimplifying things, but I, it does feel that biologically, and there's probably a lot of science on this, that men have a different type of connection through intimacy. And so what is interesting is when I remember, you know, having to really understand and learn this early in my marriage. And then you, and then you, if you can flip it on your head. So if someone's listening to this and their partner says, Hey, I would like more alone time and romantic time. And actually, and I, and I, I mean, to be totally blunt, I think it has to be sex. It can't just be like, we went to dinner. That's good too. But I yeah. like, if I have an yeah. hour, I would actually just go, I would be like, yeah, dinner, whatever. Let's, you know, be connect. But I think there's something to be, people have to realize that your partner's actually saying, I would like to be with you. Instead of act, taking it like, oh, I'm not giving them what they want or need. It's like that reminder, they're saying, no, I want to, you know, sort of keep cultivating this relationship. So I think if people are ever in that, if you could hear it that way, it's actually a great thing. Can we be together more often? And it's very hard when you have young children and all of that. And it's definitely something um, to, to work out. And then, okay, finally, you have to be a boss. And I know you're a nice person, whatever that means. That word is kind of vague. Um, I know you're trying to be a good person and a leader and what have you. How do you create the environment where you empower people to do their job, but there's sort of an understanding of like, hey, we're all going to show up and we're going to kind of conduct ourselves and work at a certain level without having to walk around, you know, with a hammer. How Do, do you have any tricks to how you, how you do that because managing people is is very it's a dance. Yeah, so 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 here here's what I do and I think these are principles that I didn't come up with them. These are principles that I think are taught and examined in the uh in the Bible. I think they're examined by great leader, you know, uh sacrificial leaders today whether it's Martin Luther King Jr., Mother Teresa, Abraham Lincoln, but I, here's what I try and do. Number 1, I I try and keep our eye on our core value. It's not about me, it's not about them necessarily. It's about listen, we're like one of our principles at Ancient Nutrition is, is healing the planet. Like we want to heal people, heal the planet through regenerative agriculture and creating the world's healthiest supplements that are made of superfoods. So like that's our focus. And so with that, we have we also have core values to achieve that. One is our number one principle is committed to constant growth. And that's personally, and that's in our product formulation. It's in our marketing. We are committed to constant growth. One is we... we so anyways, that's just... I could get into all of them, but that's just one example. And so with that, when I'm on a call with a team member or anytime I'm communicating with a team member, I really think leadership is sort of... Um there, there are two key components and it is this combination of 
nourishing and encouragement and challenging somebody to a certain standard that 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 we have that we've all agreed to in the business. And so it's this thing. So like my, my like for instance, with one of my team members who I love, who's a total rock star, and I'll, I'll be like, hey, I'm, uh, like like Lindsay or Amelia on my team, like these people, Katie, like I've got these amazing team members, and I'll try and say, hey, we crushed this, way to go here, man, I love that we did this, but hey, one thing though this right here is not up to our standard. Like this isn't right. This isn't right. Hey, what can we do together to achieve that? So it's this combination of I'm encouraging you and I want to point out and praise and recognize all the great things you're doing. But also we have standards and I want to help call you and inspire you to greatness. Listen, you've been operating here you should be operating up here instead and then letting them know, but hey, listen, I know you can do this. You did this project in the past. That was perfection. Let's go and replicate that again. How can we do that? How can I serve you in doing that? So I think it's that thing. When I think about leadership and working with team, you keep your eye on the vision and you have this combination of mostly encouragement, but also challenging people to a higher higher standard. And have you had to fire people? Oh yeah. 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 And, and listen, for, for me, I, I have a lot of candor. So, so I try and be as kind as possible, but I have a, I'm about as, I have as much candor as almost anybody out there. And so like when I, when I have had to let somebody go in the past, which is hard. And, and by the way, I actually don't have a really hard time with this. Like m- most people do, because I truly believe that everyone else, if somebody's not pulling their weight and isn't in alignment with our core values, it's unfair to the rest of the team. It's unfair to the consumers out there. And this person, I'm. I feel like I'm going to do everything I can to bless them on their way out and say, "Hey, you know what, Janine? Like, we had this standard of performance, and it could be a performance from an actual performance standpoint in terms of a skill, or it could be in terms of character." And so, and listen, and 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 I had mentioned this to you ninety days ago. We're still not there, and I'm so sorry, but we can't work to get you know, like 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 you know, we can't work to now. I don't do it anymore. I haven't done it in years in that way. But but I just feel, and I don't try and go on for an hour. It's like a, you know, five minute conversation, but yeah. yeah. And I think that pre-conversation makes the second conversation very clear. So let's, let's dive into ancient remedies. So you, you created this company, um, uh, and you know, you have ancient nutrition and you have a lot of beautiful products really quickly. You, you talk, and I really, I, I direct people to your, to your, uh, websites and, and podcast, uh, podcast, the Dr. Act show and, and your social media, because you have a lot of free information. So for example, you talk about gut disruptors. I feel like I'm talking about the gut all the time on this show. And you say sugar, GMOs, medications, vegetable oils, stress, sugar, alcohols. There's so many of these I want to talk about. Cleaners, fluoride. My husband gets on me. You know, he's really intense about his toothpaste. Uh, Raw diet is disruptive for certain people right to their gut. And then dairy and wheat. So Maybe from your point of view, because you guys have a, a beautiful collagen products, you have greens, you have you know things for to support your gut and inflammation and things like that. When you were creating the company, in your mind, what area? I mean, health health is holistic, and obviously we can have something going on in our health. And for one person, it's expressed as diabetes. For nothing, another it might show up as cancer. Like I believe that whatever sometimes you know the issue is, it maybe has various symptoms. And when you were looking at this, what were you thinking? Okay, if I could sort of build this business around seeing if we can support people in these specific areas of health. Yeah, so w- one of the terms that I think we use a lot within our company is rege- uh, regenerative and regeneration. And so, and we do this with our practices with agriculture. Jordan Rubin and I, my co-founder, we own about 4,000 acres of certified organic land in Missouri and in Tennessee. And we have water buffalo, we have yaks, we have gazelle, we have sheep, we have goats. So we raise animals and livestock. We grow chassandra berry, black turmeric, uh, all all kinds of superfoods that we'll put many in our products. And so we're all about regeneration. But I think think the same thing about the body. I think actually the future of medicine, we're going to see a lot more with stem cells. And how do we continue to support our stem cells and create tissue regeneration, which is going to also allow you to feel younger and look younger. And so when we were creating our products, I think that was the first and foremost was that and gut health. Those were the two things I think we're both really focused on. So, And that's one of the things I love about collagen, whether it's a multi-collagen protein or collagen peptides, is it's really a building block your body uses to regenerate itself, especially the tissues that, pe- that, that people will notice when they age the most. So like when you're aging, people tend to feel like their joints are affected and their skin is affected. And those two areas are made up of over 90% 
percent collagen. And here's one other area: our gut lining. You've probably heard of conditions. A lot of you, everybody listening, like leaky gut syndrome, or and knowing about absorbing nutrients. Well, here's the other thing: people haven't talked about this much, but ninety percent of your gut lining is made up of collagen as well. So I think that collagen is so huge for so so many people. I think it's probably the biggest macronutrient deficiency that people have. After that, it might be like omega-3s or something, but I think collagen is even a bigger deficiency. So that being said, I think collagen and getting a quality collagen is really important for that. And then also, I would say for gut health after that, I think probiotics. I think soil-based probiotics are some of the best, but I'm such a fan. If somebody asked me personally, the number one type of supplement I've taken over the past 10 years, it's not even close. Collagen or bone broth powder, like collagen-based supplements are by far number one. Probiotics are probably number two. And then there's other things. I love turmeric, I love ashwagandha, and a lot of adaptogens. Greens are great, but the top two have definitely been you know, collagen slash bone broth, and then after that, probably soil-based probiotics. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So you guys have some even uh, collagen powders and, and, and even bone broth powders. Uh, so I, you know, you make it very easy to put it in things to sort of get it in there. So if someone's listening to this and, and they say, well, I like to make my own bone broth or help me out with my vegan and vegetarians, where are we supporting them to get a high quality of collagen um, to help support their skin, bones and, and gut lining? Yeah. So a few things, let's talk about the, um, you know, people that do eat meat and people that are vegans. And so for, for somebody who is a, a meat eater, you want to get bone broth and you want to get uh, collagen peptides or multi-collagen protein. Ancient Nutrition, it's a company I co-founded. We offer it. And we think also egg, fermented eggshell membrane. It's when you crack an egg, there's a little thin film inside. That's a really unique form of collagen as clinical studies we put in our product. And we've got it on ancientnutrition.com. It's in Target. It's in Whole Foods Market, Sprouts, health, health food stores nationwide. So people could check out Ancient Nutrition Collagen, even go to Amazon. So we have it there. The other thing that for vegans, and this is big because I get, by the way, Gabby, I bet one of the top five questions I get is collagen for vegans. I get it all the time or vegetarians. So two solutions. One, we are coming out with the first ever vegetarian collagen, and it's made of a combination of plants and eggshell membrane. So, so, and we're partnering with uh, with somebody who is a really well known vegetarian who's doing that, and that'll be released in late March of 2022, uh, where that'll be sold at Target and Whole Foods and Sprouts and online. So you can sign up for Ancient Nutrition newsletter to learn more about that. The other thing though is if you are in the position now and you want to build collagen, there are certain things that support it. I like things that are going to s- support stem cells. Because if you support stem cells, it will create more collagen. Um, Some things that are critical, zinc and vitamin C. Those two, that mineral and that vitamin, those are the most critical two for regeneration of collagen. And then adaptogenic herbs are going to help that build bone marrow. There's an ancient one that's used in Chinese medicine. It's called Foti or Hishuwu, but Foti is really great. Um, ashwagandha is great. Ramania is another one used in Chinese medicine, but anything that's going to build, it's called, um, yeah, it's just, it's called kidney chi or adrenals. Anything that's going to support the adrenals is probably going to be the best. And then green leafy vegetables, berries, omega-3s, and things that are rich in bone broth. But I would say it's, it's you know, green leafy vegetables, berries, and certain herbs as well that are going to reduce inflammation. Here's an interesting one about turmeric. Turmeric doesn't, turmeric boosts stem cells. It doesn't necessarily boost collagen directly, but it boosts stem cells. But here's the thing it does. It's been shown in studies to reduce collagen degradation, which means you losing collagen. So one of the things I don't think people are talking about enough is not only you building and creating more collagen yourself, but protecting your body from losing it. And that's where the berries come in. Certain polyphenols and like antioxidants and and superfruits like goji berry is very good for this. Um, And then also things like turmeric 
rosemary, galangal, certain herbs also keep you from losing collagen. See, I love that. And I will say I've, I have your products. I use them and they're very easy to use there. You've made them enjoyable. And because it comes from you, I have a certain, I have a certain amount of confidence because to be honest, a lot of that stuff is very sketchy. And, um, as you know, I'm in the food business and I just even know the conversations with our food scientists about making things shelf stable, um, and what that requires. And I know that it is, it's, it's like, it's almost like a landmine that you have to, you know, navigate that people don't understand that they buy, they're buying something to support their health and it's healthy, but a lot of the times the ingredients are are not great. So I really appreciate ancient uh, nutrition for that reason. It's a challenge. I want to mention this too. Uh, you know, we've used your coffee creamers. We love them. You guys do such a great job with uh, the product you've created. By the way, my mother-in-law is a raving fan. So yeah, uh, yeah, she, she, she's used the product too. And so anyways, you guys do such an amazing job. I love your... Uh, you, you guys have the mushroom blend, which by the way, that's a great one. Um, I know that I've used for, uh, you know, in our coffee too. So we have a rule, you know, and it really stems from Laird and, and, I, and I, I always appreciated this. He said, listen, if you're going to do everything, something every day, try to make that habit really good for you. You know, like he's like Captain Caveman walking around without a shirt on, but you know, he has a really good pillow, his toothpaste and his soap is really good. You know, it's like all these things that you're doing every day, that accumulation, and that can be for good, right? Like I, uh, I interviewed uh, the gentleman who uh, created the golden thread drinks, you know, and he talks about a whisper to your health. And really, if you can do these positive little habits each day, they are positive whispers to your health. So if someone's listening, and they go, okay, I heard the, the gut disruptors. They're on medications. And I'm not going to you know, get into, obviously, there's a lot of things people could or with their lifestyles actually probably get off their medications, but let's say they're not there yet or they're actually taking something they don't have a choice. Is this then just about kind of in all of these things, either not eating it, like sugar alcohols, they they put into a lot of candy, healthy candy and bars. They slip that stuff in there and you think, oh, well, that that I guess that's not too bad. So it's about avoiding the things that we can, like sugar alcohol, um, you know, the vegetable oils, sugars when you can, but keep having better cleaning products in our home, having the right toothpaste. But and I feel like all these other things we can sort of manage. But the medication, what do what do we do to pe- say to people? Do we just say, "Hey, ramp it up" because you need to support yourself more? You, you know what, what I here, here's the thing. Just to be real honest, I don't think ramping it up is typically the solution. I think there's such a healthy balance of doing things for your health and not doing things that hurt your health. And I think one of the, and by the way, Gabby, I see this a lot, by the way, a lot. There's a lot of people that say, I want to keep this bad habit or this bad thing, but I'm going to do all of these other things and do a hundred things that are good for my health. But the truth is you don't need to do a hundred things that are good for your health. You need to eat some real food. You need to you know, spend some time like out in nature and just being active and doing some fun stuff. Like that's what you need to do. Yeah. Eat real food, have great emotions, spend yeah. time in community with family connected and like and, and active and you're going to be great. So don't feel like I've got to do an infrared sauna and a hyperbaric chamber and I've got to do a red light therapy and I've got to do colonics and I've got to do what all of this stuff. You really don't. I think the major stuff is those things I just mentioned. And then when we're talking about medication, I've always got to be sensitive to this, but just say this, like medications are very, very hard on your health. And long-term, remember this, they are typically not bringing you health. They're a Band-Aid temporarily. And anytime, if it were myself, I would do everything in my personal power to get off of medication long-term. Let's say, for instance, I had heart disease and high blood pressure and cholesterol. I would do everything in my power to plan. That's a big thing. I think a lot of people, people don't have a plan. They maybe hear one thing or two and, and they'll say, I'm going to try taking fish oil now and I'm going to try and cut the sugar a little bit. No, have a plan of what is the ideal training plan for you. So really writing down, hey, for breakfast, I'm going to do this collagen smoothie with coconut milk and berries and some collagen protein. For lunch, I'm going to do hummus and green leafy vegetables and this wild caught salmon filet. And for I want to do dessert, but I'm going to stop eating the you know, vanilla ice cream and I'm going to start doing dark chocolate and, you know, and what I like. So I think have a, pl- uh, have a food plan for yourself, an ideal meal plan of kind of generally what you're going to try and do. And if you fall off one day, it's okay. Have that, have a supplement plan, have an activity plan that's doable. Maybe that's pretty easy, but hey, at least you're getting out and getting active, even if it's just walking. Have that plan in place and then try and find... And listen, if you have a doctor who is unwilling to work with you on lowering medications, 
Here's the great news. There are hundreds of thousands of doctors. So find one who's more cutting edge. Because here's the thing. If you have a doctor that really cares for you and is up on the science, they're not trying to get you on medications and leave you and up your dose because they know that 99% of conditions are lifestyle related and they will work with you. And there's great functional medicine docs, everything from Dr. Oz to Dr. Mark Hyman to Will Cole, to all kinds of um, um, you know people I'm friends with who do this. And so anyways, all that being said, I, I uh, you know, it's a dance. It's a dance because I think what's interesting is people have been raised a certain way and they believe in the science. And a lot of times the medication is, is connected to this quote science. And so then they, and they sort of have turned over the power of their health to somebody and, and they haven't experienced, maybe they haven't had enough space and time to have this plan and action to see and experience the change for themselves and I think people think you're crazy almost when you go, no, listen, if you make certain choices, you really can impact how much medicine you need or if at all. I, fi- I find that uh, really, really interesting. Now, going back to the gut, can you tell me where fermented foods and also how do you, apple cider vinegar, talk, like what, you know, people write into me all the time and they want to talk about apple cider vinegar and And obviously the importance of fiber and that goes to your green leafy vegetables. So we know that fiber is incredibly important. And I did talk to somebody who made a great point, Simon Hill, who who is is a vegan, that a lot of people get an upset stomach and it's like, hey, your gut. Uh, microbiome is actually just not ready yet to just eat a bunch of beans. And so I, I want to remind people if they sort of say, hey, I'm going to add more of this stuff, that you might want to do it slowly because your body can get the chance to learn how to actually digest it. But things like little, tr- I guess I'm going to say it, tricks, you know, is it, is it, is it fermented foods? How do you, where does apple cider vinegar play in the grand scheme of weekly habits um, in your mind? So, so here's how I would think about this, okay? And, and one, you you put this, you know, perfectly in terms of like sometimes our bodies aren't ready for it. I think it depends where are you in the health spectrum. That's number one thing. It's this self diagnosis. It's, it's this level of awareness of okay, listen, I've got autoimmune disease, or I've got inflammatory bowel disease, or I've got this issue, or my gut. Like, if your body is bad off, here's how you want to eat. You want to eat like a baby. You want to be as easy as your body as possible. Listen to this principle. This is something so many people, like, like everyone listening, like if you if you can grasp this, this is a really important thing to understand. Foods don't actually heal you. Turmeric doesn't heal you. Collagen doesn't heal you. The body heals itself. And one of the things that we want to do is we want, and that's why fasting is so powerful and it's been used since the beginning of time for healing in a lot of cases. Because what happens is now your body isn't working, so it heals itself. Imagine if you get a cut on your hand, that cut will heal itself unless you keep rubbing it and rubbing it and rubbing it over and over and over again. Think about, and you literally have cuts and burns and things like that in your digestive tract, that inflammation. So you want to leave it alone. Certain foods will leave it alone, okay? So if you have a really weak system, think about baby food. Eat, eat like, like, like our daughter Arwen, like right now we feed her sweet potatoes. Like she has these food packs now that are like mashed avocado and green beans and pears. And like that actually is a perfect diet for you. If you really want to know, like, like, like if you eat like a baby, and so in the ideal foods are probably cooked vegetables, fruit, and some wild organic meat, like bone broth or salmon or chicken or beef, like that, those are the easiest. And then certain things like coconut oil, like, like, but some of the healthy fats, some of the meat, the vegetables that are cooked vegetables and some fruit, those are the easiest foods to digest. Notice I didn't say grains. I didn't say nuts and seeds. I didn't say beans. It's those foods I just mentioned. So eat like a baby to start. Now, the grain that's probably the easiest to digest is if you make rice into a congee. So you take rice, you put it in a slow cooker and you cook it to where it's like a mush. And then the second easiest grain is probably oatmeal that's a mush. But but like those are the foods you want to be eating and then as you're about, and listen, you're getting fiber there. It's just easier to digest because of the, the, the type of food and some of it's cooked and everything else. So that's what you want to eat. The next step is once it gets a little stronger, do a teaspoon of like a- apple cider vinegar is, a- it's not this like necessary. It's listen, some things are superfood for some people. They're not for others. What apple cider vinegar does is it's going to increase the acid in your stomach. So if somebody's not creating enough, st- doesn't have a high enough stomach acidity, it's good for those people. And if somebody's liver isn't active enough, 
it's good for those people. But it's not like this superfood miracle liquid for your gut, just so you know. Now, for some people who have low stomach acid, yes, right. it is. Well, okay. So Dr. Axe, this is one of my favorite things I learned was like, oh, okay. So someone goes to the doctor and they go, oh, I got you know heartburn. And they go, oh, okay, we're going to give you an antacid. So you, you don't already probably have enough acid in your stomach. And now they're giving you an antacid. And I had a friend once and I was like, listen, I'm not a doctor, but it might be worth trying adding some apple cider vinegar to your daily life and see before you start going onto a medication. And it really helped him quite a bit. Yes. And so I, I think it depends on the person. I would say more than half of people who have reflux have low stomach acid. Okay. And in that case, try it, but start with a teaspoon, not a tablespoon and mix just a little bit in water and then eat your meal right then. Okay. Don't just let it sit there for 20 minutes and whatever. Like I think doing it and then eating soon after that's how you want to do apple cider vinegar. And maybe you work your way up to a tablespoon a day, or maybe it's a teaspoon. I think sometimes people overdo it by the way too. But if you are doing apple cider vinegar and you notice I'm getting even more burning, even after doing it for a week, and actually, you may produce too much stomach acid. It's possible. If somebody is very, in Chinese medicine, they say if somebody's very liver dominant in a wet element, they can actually do too much. And in that case, they may want to get a little bit more like things that are a little bit more alkaline, um, baking soda, like a little bit, not a lot, but baking it's, it's soda fine. Will, will put, yeah, we'll also send you to the restroom though. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm talking about, I'm talking about I'm like, you, you want to do just a in our, yeah, yeah. in our house, like if Laird's traveled or whatever, and it's like, he'll do a baking soda drink and it is, it's for real. Yeah. 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 If you didn't get them out of it, it's going to, oh. it's going to flush you. It's pretty amazing actually. Yeah. Um, okay. So, you know, fermented foods, is this for you? Do you, are you doing fermented foods as part of an everyday? And do you position it, you know, at a strategically in your meal? So for myself, I follow what I'm going to call a Chinese medicine diet and it's so ultra personalized. So I, this is a hard one for me to say for this person or this person. No, I, I'm interested in you. Yeah. So for me, I start eating fermented foods in spring most of the time. So like late February or like as soon as spring hits and I want to kind of get my liver active because that's what it does. Sour foods and some bitter foods really kind of boom, cause your liver to start going and your liver is the strongest in spring. So really... Um, maybe it's even late winter, spring through early summer. Like I'll do fermented foods in the fall and dead. Like in the fall, I won't do it. In early winter, I will not do it because my step, my I kind of you want to kind of let your liver just kind of just kind of be calm and chill. And then I'll do a lot more things just to kind of strengthen my my pancreas. Like fall foods. Think about what's ripe in fall. Like fall, it's going to be pumpkin and butternut squash and turkey and cinnamon and ginger. I'm doing a lot more of those foods. It's that seasonal eating. The fermented foods will be late winter at the earliest and really uh, throughout spring is how I will tend to do those. And then what about summer? Is there, I'd love to know if maybe we could just do an overview, like you you've already talked about the pancreas and the liver, but it, are you, is there other things during different seasons that you're, you sort of have a nutritional focal point? Yeah. yeah. So, so fall foods are sweet foods. And when I say sweet, it's not like sugar. It's like cinnamon and butternut squash and sweet potato. Okay. So like the fall is the time of sweetness. And those are, those are the foods you want to have to activate those organs. In the winter, it's umami. So it's chicken bone broth, it's miso soup, it's ginger, it's garlic, it's onion. It's a lot of those things that have that umami flavor because those boost the immune system, like ginger and chicken broth. And then the spring, it's sour. It's a lot of green vegetables. It's sauerkraut. It's Granny Smith apples that are sour. It's apple cider vinegar. So that's all spring. The summer is bitter. It's coffee. It's um, beets. It's uh, green leafy vegetables is going to really help be stimulating. And then, uh, yeah. And what is the sour, like if there was an organ, what does that sort of focus on? L liver gallbladder. Liver gallbladder. Well, it's actually liver gallbladder and part of your lymphatic system. Now, if somebody comes to you and they genetically have pretty high non-oxidative cholesterol... Um, you know, that's uh, cholesterol's really like been made to be such an interesting story, right? Like, oh, your heart and you know, cardiovascular health, but then there's plenty of reports that say that they're not connected. There's no, um, doc, Dr. Robert Lustig, who's an endocrinologist, is like, there actually isn't a direct correlation. I think people wrestle with this a lot, especially if they get their blood work done. 
uh, what do you, how do you sort of encourage them to read that? And then is there something to incorporate into sort of, you know, what they're doing to support that part of their health? Yeah, I'm always focusing on what the true root cause is because you always go back to why is your body laying down cholesterol? Okay. So, so, and it's, it's this, it's something Elon Musk talks about and it's, it's uh, the five whys. So first off, why is your, what are your cholesterol levels exactly? What's your HDL and LDL? Also, what's the ratio, right? Okay. Why is it, why is the LDL high and why is the HDL low? Okay. It's because there's inflammation, your art, you know, there's inflammation. So first off, why is cholesterol and hap- happening and plaque happening and all that stuff? What's well, because there's inflammation in your arteries? Why is there inflammation in your arteries? Well, it's because you're consuming too much sugar and the stress levels are too high. Okay, why is that? Well, it's because I've been eating, you know, this, this, and this. Anytime I and, and I eat this sugar to deal with this emotional stress, and I and so figuring that out and saying, okay, well, how do we reverse it? And what can you eat to reverse the process? Well, it's berries, it's green tea, it's turmeric, it's omega threes, it's all these things. So, so I would say that's where always where I start and let people know. Listen, there are side effects of statin drugs. They damage your liver, they damage your nervous system, they deplete your body of coenzyme Q10, which actually is crazy. You're taking coenzyme Q10 for a heart condition. And it actually increases your risk of a heart, another heart condition, like a heart attack or congestive heart failure. So all that being said, I want to let people know all of those truths. And I want to say, listen, if you want to get to the root cause, here's what you need to do. Here's the food, here's the supplements, here's the types of activity. And I put the ball in their court and letting them know, like, I truly believe this is going to help address it. Now, if somebody naturally genetically as higher levels. I, I'm not actually, I'm, I'm not very concerned about that. I still look at, if, if somebody wants to look at the numbers, I will have them focus more on the ratio than I will the total number on total cholesterol. Because if the research supports anything, it's really looking more at a ratio. Or even if you want to talk about like, really what shows it could be like C-reactive protein, right? It's looking at inflammation in your body. Not, the total cholesterol is the, stu- it's the worst way to look at your actual cholesterol. Right. Do you think that there's people out there that they're, they're eating pretty good and they're moving and their lifestyle is good, but they're stressed and especially now COVID. And I mean, there's been a lot of extra things people are navigating in the last couple of years. Is that enough to really kick off inflammation in your system is just being probably stressed out. And then especially if maybe you're not getting good sleep, I think we don't give that sometimes enough, uh, credit, like how, how much that can impact us. Well, Gabby, it's more important. And and I'm not saying this because like, Hey, this is a question. This is the answer I'm giving now. No, your stress, the negative emotions of fear, worry, anxiety, anger, Grief, depression from the past, things you have not let go of. Those are at least the five channels in Chinese medicine that they look at and categorize. But those things affect your health even more than the food you eat, even more than lack of exercise. Now, listen, exercise and food are important, but no, it is an absolute that they affect your body equally or more. And so, yeah, yeah. So the emotion of fear, we know that it causes your adrenals to start spitting, you know, producing all of this adrenaline and stress hormones. And if that, if that happens too much, your body's in that fight or flight state, your body can't heal and regenerate because it's in a protective mode. So, so, so yeah, I think people should be ultra, con- you know, conscious of their emotional well-being and, and what are the emotions they're experiencing. I think that, you know, it's kind of interesting I'm going to go deep here for just one minute and then I'll, but we have two, there are two main worldviews today. You have a traditional worldview and you, and by the way, this is all the conflict in politics. Uh, And you also have a modern worldview. Traditional worldview says you sacrifice your own being for the community. Think about the movie Braveheart or Lord of the Rings, right? Somebody is sacrificing themselves for the community, the greater good, everything else. So traditional Donald Trump, Republican party, all that. It's all about traditional values, traditional mentality. You also have a modern worldview, which is all about, it's all about you. Find your shining star, find your this, that's Democrat, liberal, that's that party. And so, and so my, my, whole, my whole point here with this is, is, is that like looking at you, like one is ignore your emotions, right? So, so traditional is like, just shove them under a rug. You want your dream, what, just sacrifice for the community. The other one is let your emotions rule you and guide you. Hey, if you don't feel like being in this marriage, just avoid, you know, get rid of the person. If you don't feel like, so feelings rule your life. Both of those are wrong. Those mentalities about emotions. The emotions that are talked about in the Bible is this. It's like, let your emotions 
Like, like, hey, if you've got fear, ask the question, why am I feeling, feeling fearful right now? Oh, I feel fear because I, I'm afraid of failure because I'm afraid my parents are going to judge me. Is that right thinking? Versus just letting that fear control you one way or the other. It's, no, I'm reflecting on, I, I shouldn't be letting that control me. I should have a conversation with my parents. I shouldn't be afraid of that. Hey, I know that I'm called. So all that being said, I think... We have not been taught properly of how to evaluate our emotions and actually use our emotions as sort of like warning signals and signs on how to live our life to the fullest. We are completely trained in one of two arenas in the complete... So I didn't mean to get into all this politics and everything else, but emotions are... I, I think it's probably the most important thing that people don't understand and they're not talking about in regards to our health, for sure, but a lot of other things too. So I know you, ha- you have things in place. You have a spiritual life and a prayer... Uh, practice and um, relationship. But for example, like when you started Ancient Nutrition and it's, there's stress and people, no matter who you are, uh, there's worry, right? Which is, you know, it doesn't, it's just human. And you lay your head at night on the pillow and you're thinking about this. Well, like what I was doing this one job and now I've taken this big thing on and not what I'm going to have a family and what if I don't pull it? How do you identify like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm mind grinding, I'm worrying, which is not productive. It doesn't, you know, change anything. So where do you, you identify it? And then what do you do to get yourself to a place where you can understand you're feeling that way, but also, you know, move out of that into a more productive place? Well, how do you do that? It's so good. So I, 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 uh, and again, I'm not trying to keep going back to my own spiritual belief systems, but it's, it's the only answer. It's the only answer I can give in this. If you're asking me personally, and and by the way, like I'm not without stress. Like my biggest stress is I get frustrated. I'm impatient. (laughs) Like I'm going to traffic jams drive me crazy. And my wife is like, honey, like, Hey, we'll be home in five. Who cares if it's in five minutes or 10 minutes? So anyways, we all have our personal battles. Um, but so, so let's, we can use worry for an example. So if, if I have worry and I start finding myself worrying about, for instance, supply chain issues, we don't have enough lids right now for our protein powder. Like, and like, oh my gosh, what's that going to do? Or this in the business we have, you know, who knows what, like, so like if I start feeling worry, I know that again, in just sharing what I shared a minute ago, I start reflecting of why am I worrying? Well, I'm worrying because I feel like I'm in, like worry is actually connected to control in Chinese medicine. When things get out of your control and you feel like I can't control this, that's what actually causes worry. So for me, I need to reflect on, wait, can I control this at all? No. Well, who can or, or, and, and so I'll go back and I'll read like Matthew six, which is the sermon on the Mount that Jesus gave, or I'll read some of the Psalms. And like, it says, it says, it says, uh, Jesus says, this is how God feels about us. He says, Hey, listen, he says, uh, God closed the, you know, the lilies of the field and the birds of the air. And if he does that for the birds, you're his children. He loves you even more. Hey, don't worry for a single moment, you know? So for me, like I'll go in the Psalms, I'll go in Matthew and I'll go and I'll just read that and I'll ground myself and realize, you know what? I can't control the weather. Like I can't control lids being shipped to us from Asia. Like I can't control any of that, but God can. And knowing that he works out all things for my good, I know that all I'm called to do is love people, love God, make earth a heavenly place, like have strong, meaningful relationships, inspire people, encourage people. So I'm going to do the best I can with that and focus on a solution rather than the problem. I think that's the other thing, right? You don't focus on the problem. You focus on what can I do? Hey, I can pray. I can relax. I can. So I, I think that's the big thing is shifting from to the solution and also being realistic. Is it really within your control? And what's the worst that can happen? I had somebody ask recently, they were asking about COVID mandates and things like that. And they said, what would you do if they forced you? I said, well, I actually have some land about hour and a half south of here. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if I went and became a farmer and learned how to garden and had some sheep and said, actually sounds pretty good. Like that's probably one of the worst things. So anyways, it's, uh, I think putting those things in that big picture perspective helped too. Yeah. And and the reason I ask you this is because you, you talk about health and you can drill down, but I think sometimes we get so drilled down into like, can you talk to me about my gut liner and uh, you know, my blood pressure and we are missing these actually very large contributors (laughs) 
to our overall health. And just as someone who seems to be navigating a lot of things, um, that's why I asked you, and I hope it's okay that we went a little more personal, but I, I think that, you know, your, your perspective is important. Well, and Gabby, by, by the way, that, that it's such a good point you just made. Cause I just want to bring this up. Cause I've talked to patients about this in the past. I'm like, don't major on minors, like major on majors, right? It's, it's healthy, you know, emotions and mindset. It's diet and it's movement. And like, again, the infrared and the this and the this and the written, like that stuff isn't the biggest deal. If you can just do these big picture, like have good relationships, like, man, that's a big deal. It is. I have a friend, he's Thai and he's like, he's like, oh, I have all these, he, he, he's like, I have all these fancy clients and they get all this blood work and they're worried about this and that. And he goes, you know, when I eat something, I bless it. (laughs) There you go. Love it. I am. So you talk about the signs for gut issues, fatigue, sugar cravings, brain fog. If there's skin, skin issues, is that like eczema or eczema, psoriasis, acne? Mm -hmm. Yeah. A weak immune system. So if people are getting maybe colds, common colds, flus, uh, joint pain and anxiety. So if, if somebody goes, you know, Maybe I have to get a little bit more in touch with what's going on with my gut. What does a person ask for? What type of test to go, hey, um, because there's nothing worse than you go to certain even naturopaths and they go, oh, and by the way, now you're allergic to everything. Don't touch the garlic. And it's like, are you serious? So what would be a good starting point for people to sort to just even get a snapshot of what that's looking like, or, and what are the you know those indications, um, and if if it's inflammation, how do we want to heal it, and um, you know just your take on this. Yeah, so I, I you know my favorite test probably uh, I like micronutrient tests a lot. They'll basically tell you they're also known as organic acids tests. They'll basically tell you which vitamins and minerals and amino acids and even things certain things like fatty acids you're deficient in. I was doing triathlons. This was years ago. And I was having this issue where uh, I was training for a half Ironman and I kept standing up and getting lightheaded. I'm like, gosh, this is... And so I went and got this micronutrient test done and I was low in vitamin B2. And I'm like, okay. So I started supplementing with B2 and literally, boom, went away, completely away. So I just, just as an example, there's a lot of people, it could be vitamin D, it could be zinc, it could be iron, if you're really deficient in one single nutrient, it really can impact your health. So that's why I really like micronutrient tests. You can actually try to think of it's Great Plains Laboratory. There's Spectracell, there's Spectrum. There's there's several. They do at-home tests or you can go to a, a local lab, just pop in. They typically take two little, real little vials of blood and they can t- and, and they can test that. It's, now, it's, it's probably like anywhere from $250 to $500 for a test. But man, it tells you a lot. So my wife and I have done that. That's a really good one. That's probably my favorite. You can do a stool test that looks at your gut microbiome. IgG tests or IgE food sensitivities, those are okay. But the micronutrient, if there's one that I really like, I would put that pretty high up on the list. I also think doing looking at your blood sugar. There are companies now where you can get patches. Levels is one of the companies. And you can do a patch because in knowing which foods affect your blood sugar... That is really big. And it's, I've really noticed it's different with different people. Like some people can eat fruit and they're good. Some people eat fruit and it is a, you know, it is a big blood sugar spike. So that's a great suggestion. I love when people are like, I'm not eating bananas. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Can, can I tell you one other I love? If I had to say three that I love that I personally have done, yes. I'm going to say, one, I don't have you seen an aura ring? Have you used I actually am charging mine now. Okay. I use that every night. And I think sleep is such a huge deal. The fact that I can see my REM and I can see my deep and all those things, I've slept better ever because now I'm so conscious about my sleep. So I actually would put like buying an aura ring, number one, just being able to tell. I think the blood sugar, the levels is big. And then I would say a micronutrient test. But if you're gonna invest in three, those are probably be my top three. I mean, Amazing. And then I, I would be remiss if I just, I was reading something that you were talking, uh, that you were, you had written about where the liver, you were talking about detoxifying the liver and the relationship with vitamin B as in boy. Is this ringing a bell to you? Um, yeah, yeah. Were we talking about methylation or is it yes. just... In- I want to break that down a little because I think people hear all about methylation and I think a lot of us aren't, it's like, what does that mean? Yeah. So, 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 so here, so 
I'm going to just use really I'm going to you have very more more big picture here on this. So it, it's this, it's that how how well is your body breaking down and utilizing B vitamins? Part of it, we I'll use even a simpler term, absorption. So, so there are people genetically that have all these, and there's a million different things. Some people don't break down and absorb B vitamins well. There's other people that iron. There's other people, and I think some of it's genetic. I think some of it is you've. It's always you've sometimes triggered a gene. All that being said, here's the thing. One, I think methylation was to a degree as a look. It could be overplayed a little bit sometimes but it is a real thing that does affect some people. So I would say when you're one, you want to get B vitamins from food. If you're doing like, like beef liver organ meats are so high in B vitamins. So if you want to take the best B vitamin supplement ever, either make liver at home or buy, you can buy capsules of organ meats and do that. Like, so that would be my number one suggestion for B vitamins. Number two would be you can buy a methylated B vitamin supplement. Try and buy one that also has foods in it, things like that. We sell those at Ancient Nutrition, uh, B, B Complex, and things like that that have actually liver in them too. So, so, so you can do that. But I would say those are the two. That's what they're talking about. So, and your liver needs a lot of B vitamins to to run it, to run the liver, and that supports detoxification. So. Um, and there's books on this, on methylation, everything else. But just if you want to know what to do, eat organ meats, number one, okay? Or get those in your diet, number two. You can take a methylated B vitamin supplement. Okay, so I'm going to wrap it up with one question. And again, this I'm more interested in your practice for you um, or if someone comes in because, you know, drink more water, be hydrated, but it's imperative for everything, for elimination and cognitive function and, you know, on and your mitochondria, let, you know, on and on your sleep, your flexibility. Why are most of us, let's say people are drinking water, let's say they are. Um, and they're, they're doing whatever, half their body weight and, you know, everything that you're supposed to do. Why are they still not hydrated? Well, with hydration, the thing I think is, is so important to remember, there's a lot of factors, but one is hydration isn't the amount of water you're drinking. It's the amount of water plus electrolytes in your system and also the degree to which all of this, your intracellular, actually like these fluids are moving through your different tissues in your body too. And a lot of things affect those. Like for instance, if, if you know, women more than men based on their menstrual cycle actually will like change the amount of water you're keeping versus... So there's a lot that goes into it. But I would say for hydrate and how much you're sweat, there's so many things, goodness. Uh, but I think for most people, if you are drinking that rule, half your body weight in ounces of water a day, and you're eating a lot of vegetables and fruits you're going to stay pretty hydrated. I think natural electrolytes, if you want one that's, that's got a little bit more sodium than potassium, celery juice is good. If you want one that's more potassium rich, but also generally balanced, coconut water, water watermelon water, cactus water is a new one uh, that, that's out there today too. But eat a lot of fruits, vegetables, and drink half your body weight in water for the most part. And then do you have anything in, in ancient nutrition coming out that or has come out that's new and you just feel like is a product that you're personally really excited about? Yeah. So just a, a few things. One, we just launched a new collagen peptides line and this is found now. And so we use this amazing ingredients, that eggshell membrane we fermented. So it's really highly absorbable. That's in a new product we just launched called collagen peptides. It's also really cost effective. So if you go into Target today, you'll see ancient nutrition collagen peptides. We think it's the best you know, collagen out there on the market. And so that's at Target, it's at Whole Foods, it's at Sprouts, or you can go to Amazon and just look up Ancient Nutrition Collagen Peptides. That's one I am super stoked about. And then we'll be launching in March that vegetarian collagen peptides. So I think that's probably, man, that's really high on the list. A few other things we haven't even told people about. We're going to be launching a glandular line with uh, all of these glands and organs and things like that, which is going to be pretty cool. And uh, our organic super greens, new formula coming up. So we're always working on things, but I would say those are some of the some of the big ones. There. People could also just go to ancientnutrition.com or Amazon and just search ancient nutrition. And you can see, you can go to a new and kind of see the new things where we've just released. Great. I'm, and I'm curious how you educate. It's different when you're on your site to educate the consumer and they're probably already. How do you, what's, how do you guys find the way to educate? Because the, the products are, it's a, it's a little more sophisticated. How do you educate the consumer that sit in, tar, in Target 
um, in that way. It's because that's a dance, right? Yeah, exactly. So when you look at target consumer, so getting into business here, a target consumer versus a health food store consumer, somebody's going into like a mom and pop health food store, they, they tend to be one that they actually sometimes have a little bit different goals. And also somebody that's in a health food store or even listening to your podcast, sometimes they're even a little bit, they tend to be a little bit more educated. They've spent more time learning about all these nutrition principles. So in Target, like even on packaging, maybe you're focusing more on clinical studies and the broad the broad strokes of the benefits like skin, hair, nails, gut, that sort of thing. But a lot of the deeper uh, small health food store nutrition consumers that are listening to the podcast and those sort of things, they're curious a little bit more about the ingredients and the sourcing and the story of like, hey, where does this thing come from, right? And so, and even some of the science behind it. So, so I think when I'm looking at my site and the natural health food store consumer, I'm telling the story and really getting into the sourcing and the growing and all of those details versus somebody at Target typically is focused a little bit more on, no, I just want to have better skin, hair, and nails. And so and, that's, yeah. And cost. And cost. And, oh, that's 100% the other thing. It's cost. Yeah. yeah. So I really, I do appreciate it because it is a sophisticated product to have in some of these markets. So I'm really glad to see that, that that's happening. So, well, Dr. Axe, it's, it's always really just a real pleasure to, to talk to you. I want to direct people, you know, Ancient Remedies, your book, there's, so, there's a ton of information in there, your brand, Ancient Nutrition. And then um, maybe you could just direct people to all the places if they want to, you know, go on a, a deeper dive. Yeah. So uh, my social media channels are at Dr. Josh Axe. And I do a lot of posts on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, those three are just at Dr. Josh Axe. And then my website, draxe.com. It's D-R-A-X-E.com. If you just want to learn about turmeric or chia seeds or micronutrient tests or any of this stuff, you can just go on there and just search. Or you can just Google search. Just type in Dr. Axe turmeric. And I've written articles on all these topics. And for our products, you can go to ancient nutrition.com. You can go to a local health food store or you know, a search engine and search, you know, ancient nutrition probiotics or ancient nutrition collagen and find things just by searching online as well. And that's it. And Gabby, I want to say first, I, I always love our interviews and being able to talk to you because you actually, you ask a lot of different questions. I love today being, being able to just talk about what I do personally, because anytime I'm interviewed, like I love to know that stuff too. Like I love to know what people personally do because I think it, it just says a lot. So anyways, I enjoyed our time uh, connecting today. Well, and it shows on you and you must be happy that all of this has become very popular because I'm sure 10 years ago or whatever, they were like, oh, you're oh. totally out of your mind. <laughs> Think about like ashwagandha. Nobody had heard of some of these adaptogens and other things, things that you put in your products, we put yeah. in all. Yeah, it's, I am encouraged. I'm encouraged. We've come a long way in 10 years for sure. Well, thanks. It's so great seeing you. And I'll, I'll try to think of something different for the next time that we get to communicate. Sounds good. Well, thanks so much, Gabby, for having me on. I'm a big fan of all that you do. And I look forward to, uh, looking forward to next time. Thanks, Doc. Thanks so much for listening. And if you'd like, rate, subscribe, and leave us a review. If you want to see some of the behind the scenes action, just follow me at Gabby Reese. And remember, don't miss new episodes every Monday. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.